Hello, I'm JJ from the Just Walk Podcast, and tonight's going to be a special night because we're going to read an excerpt from Levi Lusko's book, um, The Last Supper on the Moon. By the way, um, this is a good book. I want to review it a bit more whenever I'm done reading it, but what I'm reading is it's an amazing book. If you are dealing with like depression or just like trying to find God. Let me actually read the back cover first before I do anything. If you're anything like me, there are places in your heart and corners of your mind that feel just as deep and dark and inaccessible as outer space. Fight as you may, unearthing the happiness and fulfillment you long for and can feel nearly impossible. King David, who sought to grasp the vastness of God's character, gave us a clue and a beautiful solution in Psalm 8. Consider the heavens, look up to the night sky. Doing so will help you discover fundamental truths about God. Namely, that even though his love for you is as beyond comprehension as the Father's corners of the universe, through his Son, you can grab hold of it. And it has the power to transform your inner space. If you've ever felt like happiness was out of reach, as the moon, this book is for you. That I tell you, I can't do justice in the book now, especially since I'm on chapter seven. There's twenty four chapters. It's an absolutely amazing book. I cannot recommend it enough. Especially now. Um don't do what I did. I spent full price on Barnes and Noble. Then I figured out Levi gave us a three dollar code in Amazon, and you're probably thinking that's just $27. Why are you mad about that? Because Amazon put it in sales. It was on sale day after for $20. So if the code is still up, please use it. Don't do what I did because I'm going to be honest. Actually, I'm pretty salty about it. I'm I'm pretty salty about it. (laughs) Anyway, a little bit more to say. Um, before we get on with this, if you don't know about Pastor Levi Lusco, he has a podcast on Apple on a few more, um, called, Hey, it's Lusco's, Lusco, Lusco, I keep on saying Lusco, um, he's leader of the Fresh Life Church, I believe, it's either Life Fresh Church, because I keep on getting it confused, Fresh Life Church, yes, he's leader of the Fresh Life Church, he has amazing sermons, um, he has books, obviously. Just check him out after this podcast. Anyway, let's get on with pages 55 to 59 in Last Supper on the Moon by Levi Lusco. Last words, number one. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke twenty-three thirty-four. The first of the seven recorded statements Jesus made while on the cross was this father forgive them for they know not what they do as he prayed these words he would have found it difficult to breathe to die on the cross is to slowly suffocate before jesus was raised in the air he had already been beaten deprived of sleep and almost certainly denied food or water Why care? 
for the condemned. Prior to that, even before his arrest, he had been through as trying an emotional ordeal as one might experience. A large majority of doctors' visits in our country are in some way connected to stress. When you are facing emotional distress, it can feel like you are being squished. You might never feel the g-forces of space travel but i'm sure you can relate to the sensation of being out of control anxiety can make it feel like you can't breathe terror can strike by night and make you feel like you'll be lost forever grief can paralyze and in those scary shaky moments it can be unclear what to do or how to even see the way out you wake up with the smell of fear and sweat so thick in your room that it seems like you will never find the way out of the dark. I know this all too well. I've had panic attacks so serious that they threatened to capsize me and wipe me out. I actually had one last night. Each time I felt like my chest could explode. One time, I felt like a necklace. I was wearing needed to be removed immediately or it would surely strangle me. It often feels like my body is getting ready to run a marathon and as though as my arms and legs are hot, my mind races through thousands of terrifying scenarios and only speeds up when I try to slow it down. Try as might, I can't calm down. The loss of control is the scariest of all. Breathing exercises are the only thing I have found that are really effective at bringing my screaming, autonomic, nervous system back from flight, fight or flight mode. And for what it's worth, every time I am really panicking and need to resort to this kind of breathing, my mind tells me it won't work. And protest against doing it all the way until it does work. It is absolutely stunning what physical sensations, mental and emotional anguish can produce. I have gained a profound respect for what agony of the mind can inflict on the body. In this in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was under such crushing stress that he actually began to sweat drops of blood. A medical condition called hemohydrosis where tiny capillaries near the sweat glands begin to burst. The word guesstimate means oil press, and a more fitting location for his hour of temptation cannot be imagined. It was a stone's throw from an enormous stone that would be ruled over fresh whole olives, producing extra virgin olive oil. If you have ever bitten down on an olive pit unaware, you know extreme force it would require to crush both the fruit and the pit, making give its liquid offering. Undoing the failure of the Garden of Eden, Jesus, the greater Adam, faced the crucible he had come for in the, this garden. The weight was that of 10 million boulders being rolled across his soul, imagining flecks of blood mingling with sweat causing his skin to glisten. It speaks of an agony that is unfathomable. It was in that condition 
he was arrested, mocked, chained, repeatedly punched in the face while blindfolded, spit on, handfuls of his beard ripped out. And you must remember that though he was God, he became fully man. And as a man, he could feel it all. He had the power to command a legion of angels and stop the torture at any moment. But that knowledge would almost make the pain that much worse. And then there was the flagellum. The cat of nine tails Jesus was put with. Pilate decided that if it was blood the Jewish leaders were after, then blood he would give them. He had Jesus subjected to torment and torture, having him whipped with the leather straps that had little bits of bone and metal embedded in them. Connected to a wooden handle, the professional lictor would continually whip Jesus back while his arms were chained over his head, leaving his back torn lacerated, and pulverized into a bloody mess. Pilate thought seeing Jesus bloodied would make the Jewish leaders feel sympathy and lessen their hatred. He would soon be disappointed. Like sharks circling chummed waters, Jesus' enemies only became enraged with hatred and bloodlust. Humans can be so cruel. We can be so cruel. I can be so cruel. The Galilean will be sentenced to death. <sighs> the soldiers had their sport. They put a purple robe on his back, and a crown of thorns was driven into his scalp and forehead. They had to pass the time somehow. And what was the harm? He would soon be dead and forgotten. By the time he was ready to be paraded through the town, the blood-soaked robe had dried was torn off reviving all the wounds that it had stuck to while it was worn we know he was depleted and in no condition to carry the upper beam of his t-shaped cross known as the patabulum as was tradition on the nearly half a mile long journey through the old city to the hill called Cavalry. There, he was crucified. With what seems to us a shocking, startling lack of details. None of the Gospels elaborate on what was entailed, but no explanations were given because none was needed. So many had been killed in this way. 30,000 in and around Judah by the time of Jesus. Many in Jesus' day would have grown up under the shadow of a cross. Such violence can desensitize you. The nail wounds, as bad as they were, weren't what killed. They were horrifically painful, but not the cause of his death. As mentioned, those condemned to die on the cross suffocated. The Assyrians invented it. The Persians perfected it. And the Romans did what Henry Ford did for the car. They mass-produced it. When a person's hands were spread out, nailed to a cross, and then raised in the air, it basically paralyzed all the normal muscles involved in breathing. 
the diaphragm and the intercostals hanging in that way allowed the introduction to air in the lungs, but they could not be emptied. The opposite of being in a centrifuge. They were stuck in a permanent state of inhalation to exhale required shifting one's weight from the nails to the hands to the nail that went through the feet or the small pedestal the toes could touch. Of course, to do this would cause agitation to any wounds as the person's back scraped up and down the rough cross, which would be unimaginably painful, especially after having been whipped. Today, when someone's put to death in the United States, measures are taken to make it as fast and as pain-free as possible. To die on the cross was the exact opposite. The entire process was designed to make it as painful and as slow as possible. The body could hang on for days, slowly siding up and down the cross. For each and every breath, the entire time, the accused hung there. They were a living demonstration of the fact that crime doesn't pay. Though Romans always crucified in highly visible locations, beside roads, so there was no privacy in which to suffer. You were essentially being gawked at by people for every minute of this barbaric and cruel torture. So varied was the traffic in and out of town at the location of Jesus' crucifixion that the sign listing his offense had to be translated into three languages. If you visit the spot of Jesus' crucifixion today, you will see a bus station at the foot of a bluff tonight to be Skull Hill, which we know as Calvary, Golgotha. To imagine people traveling through families, townspeople, businessmen, tourists, squabbling, eating packed lunches, asking for a bathing break, while you struggle to breathe in the final minutes of your life, your mind delirious with pain is to imagine what Jesus was facing in this crowded hour. This was all was so terrible. A word had to be invented just to describe its horrors, and so they did. Excruciating. A word we toss around somewhat flippantly to describe a bad headache or time on pins and needles waiting to receive a call back after an interview. Excruciating actually means from the cross. That was a tough thing to read through. And again, if you want to read more of the book, I highly recommend it. I will put in um, the link to Amazon where you can get it. And again, don't be like me and spend full price on it if you don't need to. <laughs> but I, I definitely recommend that book. And if that got you interested in it, please, by all means, buy it. Like, he's a really good pastor. I want to say he's better than me because every single pastor kind of has his own you know, niche to him. I mean, he was just a historian. Either way. Um, I wouldn't read that I want to be on this mic if I didn't have something to say. 
And what I want to say is that was humbling. That was highly humbling for me. Like, we say, hey, I want to pay the bill ourselves. I don't really want to rely on God. The bill's already paid. As I said in a TikTok that I just made, the bill's already paid. Why do we want to pay it? Why do we keep on creating sins for us to pay for ourselves whenever we can't and it's already paid for and seeing the like how he paid it? Wow. It just kind of makes you want to <laughs> let down your sins and have him pay it because of how it was paid. Um... You know what that shows to me? That shows me hella scary. Probably thinking, wait, 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 JJ, 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 wait, where'd you get this from? Come on, like, we were talking about Jesus' crucifixion, we are talking about the price God paid for our sins to be forgiven. Where does hell come into this? Well, Jesus is the closest thing that we got to seeing hell. He's the, like, he... The Holy Trinity made hell. Father and the Son. God made hell for the devil. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, but God is always good. He never really done anything wrong. How did he make hell? The hell, was, the hell wasn't made for us. It was made to keep the devil in. But, let's look at this. Look at it like this, okay? We have free will. Correct? Yes, we do. So, how can we blame God for creating something meant for evil, to contain evil, whenever we do not make the initiative to follow God so we're not into that evil? Like, you don't blame the cop for arresting you while you're doing something bad. That just doesn't make sense. And that's kind of how I look at it. Um, but as I said, Jesus is the one that created hell. And if he wasn't willing to go through that, he's just saying, you don't want to go there. I've seen what happens down there. You don't want to go. He possibly had fear in his eyes as he was going with his disciples. And I think Jesus is never really fearful. We have free will. The best and worst gift we ever got was free will. Just so we can see if we're for God or against God. There's no in-between. It's just black and white. I know you like to think it's gray. It's not gray. We can either follow him or we can deny him. And that's the truth of the matter and that's what sucks. I get it. So him knowing what people are going through with hell. Put fear in his eyes because of our free will. Our free will to follow God or deny God. And he doesn't want that to happen. That's why he came down. That's why he came down to earth to tell us about the good news. The good news that, our, that his father loves us. Our father loves us. And him to go through that is just showing us that whatever pain we go through on this earth, above ground... It is worth it. 
so we don't have to go through the pain below ground. Because, as I said, as I keep on saying, I'm going to try to nail this in your head. If he went through that, he's looking at hell, and he's saying, it's worth it. It's worth its excruciating pain that lasts days. Days. Not a couple minutes, not even a couple hours. Days. Because you're constantly trying to fight for survival. Like, think about that. Would you go through that pain? Like, people say, will you go on that cross? As I said, would you go on that cross for the sins of the world? I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I honestly couldn't. I, I don't think I could. He did, though. And he went through all that. They gave him extra torture for us. For me to read that, and for me to... Actually, I read that three times today. Four times today, because I had to re-record. Just really humbled me. Got me into this sense of what Jesus did for me. And then now I'm looking at scripture more as an opportunity. Like, oh, Jesus gave me the opportunity for this. Where I have so many gifts that many people don't have. And that just is really a blessing. I have the Holy Spirit within me. Some people don't have that. And they're going to... Oh, I. That's why I became a pastor. That's why I'm trying to become a pastor. Is to preach to the lost. And tell them basically the good news. Because, honestly, I don't know what goes on in hell. But if Jesus was willing to go through that, it's nothing to play around with. (sighs) Bloody. I'm sorry. This is... It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard, but the truth is hard. Um, I'm... That... As I keep on saying, it just humbled me. Like, I'm looking at my life, and I'm, instead of looking at it, oh, um, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm looking at it more like, oh, I do have this. Whenever I look at my depression, or my testimony, or my suicidal thoughts, I look at it like, oh, I have this. Is it good? Not exactly. Not whenever you're going through it. But I have it and I have the ability Whoops. I have the ability to go to people and tell them about what I went through and how they can go through the same thing and still remain on top. Come on, that's like enough to be praiseworthy. Like, you see there? I just made something bad into something good. Like, come on. Like, let's look at the things I do have. I do have the Holy Spirit within me. Absolutely amazing thing to have. I have God on my side. Amazing thing to have. 
I have clothes on my back, something most people don't have. I have the ability to go walk about 10 feet into my kitchen, grab something to eat and something to drink. I have that ability. I have the choice to fast while other people need to. I have the choice to eat while other people don't have that. Like, come on. How doesn't this humble you? Like, we tend to make the good the bad. And bad even worse. Like, let me try to make something that's good bad. Okay, I have a phone. Wherever it, wherever it is. I have the iPhone 13 Pro. Thank the Lord. Um... How about I make that into bad? Okay. It's not the latest iPhone. It's not the right color. It's it's too small. Like, there we go. There's, like, things to make it worse than it actually is. It's a true blessing. It's a true godly blessing. Let's be honest there. I have clothes on my back. Okay, let's make that bad. I don't like the color of this hoodie. I don't like the feeling of these jeans. I don't... Like, something... It's stupid. It's stupid on how I have to, like, make things bad that are good. It's dumb on how we kind of put ourselves in that situation. Oh, the good's not good enough. Then what is? What's good enough? Instead of looking at your material possessions and looking at it like, oh, it's not the newest thing. Or, oh, it's not the... It's not the right thing. Look at that, like, oh, nice. That's cool. Like, I'm drinking right now as I'm on this microphone. That is something that most people don't have, and that's what I'm trying to save money for. I'm not going into details, because it's going to be a longer story than now. Like... Jesus kind of came into this world with nothing. And he came out of this world with nothing. He is the base point of what Christians should be like. We're not going to be like that, though. I'm going to be completely honest. It's going to suck to hear. We're not going to be like that. We're not going to be crucified. Because, honestly... We all are screwed up in our own ways, and we all are anxious in our own ways. And we have scars, and we live in Earth. I don't know about you, but it's easier to live on Earth than it is to look up to Heaven. There are many times in my walk where I'm just like, you know, it's not worth it. It's easier to go into this world and just screw around. And then I'll get my crap straight. That doesn't make sense. Like, okay, it's easier to conform to this world. That's the point. Where the devil tries to keep on getting people into hell. Jesus. The man? The myth? The legend? (laughs) Paid for all our debt. On that cross. Allowed himself. God allowed his son. 
his son to go through that hell for us. Imagine your creation, your flesh and blood going through that hell. That's what God did. And we have the audacity to turn our back on him wherever things get too tough. What? I'm I'm not I'm not even I'm not innocent in this either. I'm mainly going to be looking back on my life whenever I'm doing these podcasts. I'm like what 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 was I going through? Come on, like why was I blind? Whenever things go good, it's exalting the Lord. Or things go bad, it's like, where are you? What happened? Come on. You're supposed to be on my side. Like, what? He is on your side. You're just not seeing the side straight. You're probably on the wrong side. You're probably playing a different game. We're over here playing chess, and you're over there playing soccer. (laughs) Come on. He, He... allowed kind of made his one and only son to go through that hell for us he knew years beforehand 400 years prophets and every a lot of people in the old testament even in genesis proclaimed that jesus was coming and to die for our sins like that he knew he planned it but I doubt it was an easy experience to go through. I doubt it was an easy decision to go through. God, we don't trust to God to make the decisions easy. We trust God to help make the hard decisions. We don't trust God for the easy ones. Because if it was all easy decisions, then this world would be pretty nice let's be honest if it was a hard decision then it's going to be rewarding easy decisions lead you to zombieism that's a new word right there hard decisions lead to rewards you feel rewarded after dealing with a hard decision you just feel alright whenever you do a good decision that's why we don't conform to this world This world makes a lot of easy decisions. Oh, it's easy for me to go on TikTok. Oh, it's easy for me to um, watch a movie or something stupid. But it's hard to get in your Bible. I'm not innocent at all. It's hard to uh, go on a podcast and listen to someone talk about God for an hour. It's hard to look up on YouTube to uh, look up a sermon etc 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 actually the reason why this episode took long to absolutely come out was because I thought it was too hard it was too hard to set up the mic it was too hard to um edit cause I don't know how to do it it's just it's definitely crazy it's definitely crazy on how it's too hard Sometimes the hard decisions are more rewarding. I'm going to feel rewarded after making this episode. You know why? Because it's just a tablet of heart on, like, in the kingdom of heaven. 
I'm telling people about the torture Jesus went through just so they can be humbled and understand that they don't need to pay the bill themselves. And to understand to go to Jesus because whatever is in hell that is waiting for you is much worse than the hell you're going to be put through on earth. Like, I don't even know how to end this off. I really don't. Because I can just keep on going and going and going and talking about this. But there has to be a point in this podcast where I gotta end it off. And I don't know how, honestly. I don't want to do it now. I still want to... Part of me still wants to talk about this more. But the best way to end it off is saying... Please. If you accept Jesus into your life... Do it now. Because there ain't going to be no tomorrow. There possibly isn't going to be tomorrow to wait. And to those of you who um, are trying to pay for things on your own. Still sinning. Still going through the... Um, conformities of this world let me tell you pray to Jesus pray to God because he is going to make sure you will break those chains you probably don't want to do it I completely understand Um, you don't want to do it but it's hard to stop once a boulder starts rolling, it's gonna hard. It's gonna be pretty hard for it to stop. So just pray to God and, and say, Lord, what I'm doing, I know this is wrong, and I want to stop. And the only way to stop is if you help me to. In whatever decision God makes. It's not going to be easy. I'm not going to say, oh, it's la-di-da, lovey-dovey. I'm going to say, the truth hurts. It really does. But the truth is what we need. And probably you don't know how to pray. One thing, one piece of advice I got from Levi Lusco that I keep to my heart is scream if you need to scream and cry if you need to cry instead of waiting to purify and filter out your words because you know swearing is a sin I know I know instead of doing that why don't you pray to God unfiltered because that's what he wants you to do Instead of thinking about the right things to say to not offend God, you won't offend him. He heard much worse, honestly. He created the heavens and the earth. I would think he heard much worse coming out of a lot of people's mouths than you saying a few swears. He wants you to be 
realistic with him. He wants you to place everything at your his feet. How are you going to be placing everything at his feet if you spent so long trying to purify and filter out everything you say that now the moment has passed and you don't feel anything? That's why I believe strongly in scream if you need to scream and cry if you need to cry because of that. Let me end off with a prayer. Lord Almighty, Jesus, I'd like to thank you for the death of your son, Jesus Christ. I'd like to thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, to anyone who is listening today, on the other side of these headphones, of this mic of this whatever and if they haven't gave up their life to you Lord I pray that you show that your face to them Lord and that they may be accepting of whatever decision you make Lord to those of you of them still in that constant circle of motion that constant circle of depression sin whatever I pray that you give them insight on what to do Lord I pray that whatever they're going through Lord that you be with them and you give them guidance and to people who are still trying who haven't came to you, Lord. Show them what your son has done, Lord. And show them. Don't show them. Tell them how bad hell is. And on how you can save them from it. And tell them on how you can save them from whatever pain and turmoil they are going through in this world, Lord. Lord, I like to pray for the hungry, Lord. The pain, Lord, that they are going through. I like to pray for the people who have it less fortunate than us, Lord, that they cannot just go into their kitchen and eat. That they can't just you know, put on some clothes, go to the nearest Walmart and buy a pair of gloves or a beanie, Lord. That you may be with them, Lord, and protect them. Lord, again, truly, I like to pray for the ones who are in a constant realm of sin where they keep on adding things to the list of what they are trying to do and what they are trying to pay off Lord and to those people Lord I pray that you show them what like you remind them what Jesus done on that cross for their bill to be paid and and to show them humble them Lord Jesus mighty name I pray. Amen.
Today was a really, really heart-heavy episode for me, especially me. Again, if you want to pick up Last Supper on the Moon, I tell you, go right ahead, because it is just way too amazing to not, at the very least, own it. Like, I have a friend that gave me Craig Groeschel's Winning the War Inside Your Mind, another really great book. He just read it, and if you don't read it, then you can give it to other people to help them out in the situation they're in. Like, one thing I'm planning to do, next paycheck, I keep on saying next paycheck, next paycheck, next paycheck, but I kind of have to do it next paycheck, is to go to my store, buy a Bible. I like to keep, I'm starting to like to keep a Bible with me everywhere I go. So whenever someone says, oh, I can't really get into Christianity, like a Christian friend says, oh, I can't get into Christianity, I don't have a Bible. Bam, right there, no excuse. (laughs) That's just like something you can do. Like, after I'm done with this book, I'm definitely going to loan it to a lot of people because, man, this is something that needs to be heard. And again, if you haven't heard Levi Lusko's sermons, I tell you, do it. It's just, I don't want to, as I said, I don't want to say he's a better pastor than me. I'm not even a pastor. I'm not ordained at all. Man, I'm lessening myself as I speak. Ooh, bloody. Um, there are definitely some podcasts I want to shout out. And I also don't want to say these are better podcasts than mine. What I look at this podcast is, uh, well, is kind of, I, I see it as a journey. You're on a journey with me as much as I'm on a journey with you. Every single time I explain something, you get it. No, no, wrong way to speak. Um, whatever new thing I learn, you're learning it too. Um, where if you want a fully developed podcast, I'm not the person to go to. But if you want a journey with someone, like every single time, you're going on this journey with Christ as much as I'm going on this journey with Christ. Because I believe that it's important to see Christians go through it. And also I do believe we are all new Christians. Um, so here are some podcasts that are a lot more evaluated, a lot more experienced than me. Okay, I have the list of podcasts right here. First off, oh my bloody, how many times am I going to say this name? Hey, it's the Luskos um, podcast with Jenny Lusko. Let me just... Jenny Lusko and Levi. The Holy Post. These are two people, I think one created VeggieTales. So if you're a fan of VeggieTales, fan of the comedy there, then go to them. Good Faith. The first episode's really good. Honestly. Liberty University and the Reality of Institutional Sin. Where... Oh man, I can't forget. I... It's good. Where... (laughs) 
the first episode just talks about, oh, here's this institution doing some sins. How should we look at that? And I'm not even going to, like, listen to the podcast if you're interested. I'm not going to give the uh, conclusion away because I'm not even at the conclusion. Um, The Just Different podcast with Darren and Jordan Starks. This is more of a casual podcast, just like, hey, it's the Loose Goes or the Holy Post, where you just have these two people just talking about Jesus and God. They're on a main track, but they're not scripted like mine. And then, oh man, the <laughs> the the one of the best ones on the bunch, the Just Walk podcast by JJ. <laughs> you already know you're on this podcast for a reason. Um, those are just some podcasts I want to really uh, kind of put in the spotlight. Because man, I'm not the only one here. Plus, also, if you want, the Fresh Life Church has their sermons on podcast form uh, I don't know it just kind of doesn't sit right with me I'd rather watch them on YouTube but everyone's different like and I'm saying this because I'm talking about these podcasts because I think it's important as a Christian to kind of put everything obedient to Christ and it is hard to look for Christian kind of media and so if you're watching this podcast I don't think you're gonna fully be offended for other podcasts and I'm just trying to give my true um (sighs) crap I'm just trying to give my true opinion on these um if you gotta say if you gotta ask me which one's my favorite it's it's Luskas again check him out he is an amazing pastor. He has said some amazing things, and man, I cannot, I cannot recommend him enough. I'm, he's not the only one I watch. I I have a home pastor. He's really good too. Sharpster Family Worship Center. He does really good messages. I'm being honest with that one. Um, also, Stephen Furtick, Craig Rochelle's really good one. Uh, I can give a list of pastors if I watch more, but Stephen Furtick, Michael Todd. Lusco, Russ, like, come on, Craig Rochelle, like, you got a lot of decisions, just Lusco is the one I relate to most, anyway, um, I love ya, God bless, have a nice night, goodbye.